When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Dad Vengers podcast, sponsored by Connects, encouraging kids of all ages to think outside the blocks. Now, more and more dads want to be involved in their children's development, but sometimes find it hard to find guidance and support. As a hands-on dad myself, I want to help create an aspirational image of fatherhood that we can all strive for through the variety of guests we have on the show and their journey through parenthood. So let's talk, let's laugh, and let's share the things we find difficult and become the type of dads we really want to be. I am absolutely thrilled to welcome you here for the first uh, ever Dad Vengers podcast. And I'm even more excited about our first ever guest. He's a fairly new dad, having welcomed his daughter Ruby to the world back in 2018. He's responsible for saving many parents' sanity on a regular basis. He's the longest standing CBBS presenter. It is, of course, the wonderful Andy Day. This is the first one, Nigel. I'm, I'm honoured. I'm honoured to come onto your uh, Dad Vengers podcast as the first person. Dude, we are so happy to have you as the first Dadvenger. Oh, well, it's great to be here, mate. You are a very, very, very busy man. You just had a little girl, Ruby, two years ago. How has that affected your work? I guess I probably, certainly with filming, need more makeup to hide the rings under my eyes from the <laughs> lack of sleep. Uh, no, actually, she's, she's not a bad sleeper. She's really good, actually. So I'm lucky in that department. That was my one fear about having kids was just I'm useless when I've got no sleep and you know it's like being on camera thinking of lines thinking of what you got to say being on it you know it's it's you got to be prepped and ready haven't you yeah exactly um it's it's not changed that much you know what I have I have an incredible partner she's amazing she's very supportive of what I do she's a full-time mother at the moment so it works really well for us and and also like when it came comes to festivals and anything I do with the odd socks with the band Ruby comes with so it's a it's an added audience member she loves it so um, other than a bit of lack of sleep and a bit more got a focus uh, it's not been too bad she's still young she's only two but is she aware that what daddy does is a little bit different or a little bit special well she certainly knows I'm on TV because I force her to watch my programs <laughs> Sit down, watch yeah. this. Literally, this morning, this morning, we were doing Andy's Dino Toy Box links. Amazing, amazing. I mean, anything we can get with Andy at the beginning is what we're going for. <laughs> no, I tell you, it was a lot of fun because it was in lockdown. Cat, uh, my other half, Cat, who you've met, 
She is a director and producer. She knows her way around a camera. So she shot it all. And we, we would put Ruby to bed. And then shoot it. And then shoot it. Yeah. So we, we shot it on a Monday and a Wednesday and a Friday. It took two months and uh, and we'd, we'd shoot it. Yeah. Wow. So it was, it was good. It was a very unique experience. And we got on really well, which was great. Because in those scenarios, when you're tired and you're... You know, it's, it's, it could go either way. Go either way. And, it, and it's cat's amazing with all that. So yeah, it was good. It does look a bit like I'm self-obsessive in my house because we have a little figurine of me that she plays with. And, uh, Dude, has she got a little figurine of you? <laughs> yeah. And, so uh, in the magazine, the, um, Andy's uh, Adventures magazine, there's there's been a figurine that's sort of been given out for free in the magazine for a, a few years now. And so, yeah, so she plays with it. But she didn't know. I mean, obviously she sees, I think it's a, in her head, it's, it's a different person. She says daddy, but it's a different person on the TV to who her daddy is at home. Dude, you, you say that, right? Okay. Now, at, um, years ago, I was at a toy fair and there was a, a little um, sort of rag doll that looked a little bit like me. It had similar hair to me. And the, the company that had it, they gave me one and I took it home. My daughter, now, if I'm away for a night or two, that doll sleeps in the bed with her. Yeah. So it's it's a thing. It's a thing. No, absolutely. Absolutely. How did you find out that Ruby was coming along? And uh, were you prepared? What did you go through? So uh, it, it all happened really, really quickly. So we planned uh, to have Rubes. And and um, I actually remember when we found out, I was working at the CBB's house uh, in presentation. Yeah. And, um, and we, yeah, we were in the Premier Inn next door and... I just remember the pint of urine on the side with the tests. <laughs> that's, that's what I remember, really. In my head, a pint of urine. Uh, but that didn't matter because when we found out, obviously, um, we were just, you know, elated. Ecstatic. We were so, so chuffed, yeah. It's one of those things, isn't it? One of those moments that you, you kind of never forget. My finding out that um, I was going to become a daddy, I was out drinking <laughs> with a couple of friends and I got a phone call and Melina said, okay, so I've got something important to tell you. And already, you know, you, you, your ears prick up. You're like, well, what would you need to tell me? What do you need to tell me? It was one of those moments. And she was like, no, no, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you, <laughs> tell you when you get home. And that just oh, kind of made man. it worse for me. And I was like, no, 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 no. You need to tell me now. And I found out I was, you know, two or three drinks in and then heard that news and was like, I'll have some more drinks. It kind of went that way. It kind of went a little bit that way. But then, you know, went home later and, and chatted and found out that, you know, I'm going to be a daddy. How long was you with Melina at that point? We hadn't been together that long. We'd been together six months, maybe. Oh, OK. Right. Yeah, we'd been together six months and it was just it, it, everything. One thing led to another and it was just right. This is this is who we are. This is this is who we're going to be. And then Rory came along and never looked back, really. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Now, you are a patron for the Anti-Bullying Alliance. Uh, can you tell me a bit about it, how you got involved? Yeah, uh, the Anti-Bullying Alliance is a coalition of charities that, um, that are advocates to stand against bullying, basically, within workplaces and schools. And uh, we, uh, me and the Odd Socks, the band, had a song or have a song called Unique. And um, we were really wanting to join up with a charity we were passionate about and uh, something to get involved to sort of give back with. And we came across the Anti-Bullying Alliance, who uh, at the time they have a different theme each year for the Anti-Bullying Week. Wow. And that theme that year was um, all different, all equal. 
and uh, and our song Unique really fit in well with the message that they were putting out there. Right. And they were at that time looking to basically get more awareness within primary schools and preschools, of course, which is our audience. Yeah. So it, it just worked hand in hand. And, and together we were brainstorming some ideas of what we could do to raise awareness. As a result, um, yeah, we came up with Odd Socks Days. The kids in schools were coming with their so- uh, a pair of Odd Socks, uh, celebrate their differences for the day. Uh, raise awareness and um, and talk about anti-bullying and uh, and it went from there. And each year we've written a different song based on the theme, um, and it's just got it's got bigger and bigger. Wow, dude, you're doing a really really good thing there. The theme this year is uh, united against bullying, and so we spoke to lots of um, schools, spoke to lots of kids to get some ideas to what the song would be. So we've got a very good song for that. So for anyone who might be listening, who might want to find out more about the Anti-Bullying Alliance, where would they go? Uh, so there's the Anti-Bullying Alliance website. You can um, have a look at their sort of ethos and uh, how to get involved in Odd Socks Day, uh, which this year is the 16th of November, uh, Anti-Bullying Week. Check it out, get involved, get those, those schools, get everyone involved. When you were in school, uh, did, you, did you have experience of bullying or did you have a friend who was bullied? Is, is that what gave you the impetus to, to get involved with a, a group like this? Uh, I wasn't bullied. I saw a lot of bullying behaviour when I was younger. Yeah. For me, I think what it is, Nigel, is that most of our songs are about characters that are sort of a little bit outcast, feel a little bit different, a little bit introvert and they haven't found their way and... And they, they're not confident enough. And, and it's, it's about sort of celebrating uh, their, their own differences and becoming, that, getting that confidence and to, yeah. to, you know, do the best that they can do throughout life and not suffer too much, if you yeah. like. Because bullying is always going to happen. You're always going to get some kind of bullying behavior you're going to experience through life at some point. Yeah. And um, it can change your life for, the, for a real negative. Yeah. And, uh, and you can become malevolent. We go down dark roads that... Um, that you can't come back from. It's being able to give the kids the tools to understand what that's about so it doesn't affect them enough uh, for them to sort of go down that road of doing it themselves or completely shrinking as people. Do you ever worry about Ruby being bullied? She, like all of us, is going to go through times where she's going to be challenged as a person and, and all me and Kat can do is give her the ability or allow her the freedom to realize herself and be strong in those situations. You know what I mean? And if she can't be, then we'll certainly support her and, uh, and try and make her understand it. You just never know what's going to happen. So um, I'm not too worried. It's a good way to be. You deal with each problem as it comes and, and you work with that. You work with Kat, you work with Ruby and, and you overcome any obstacle that may arise just as and when it needs to. It's a, yeah. it's a really nice way to look at things. What impact or influence do you think music has on children? You've started a band because you love music. Music um, can bring out things in you that no one else or nothing else can. Yeah. You can listen to it and go, oh, that's exactly what I'm going through or this is exactly the mood that I want to be in. And, and you have that power. That's your world. Uh, it's your space. It's what's going in in your world uh, of which no one else can touch. And I think um, music has that ability. It's not, it's not saying you've got to be like this or it's not someone telling you what to do or, or what to like. You choose it, you know what I mean? You like it for whatever reason. Yeah. Music brings out the things that you might not have the ability to bring out yourself. I mean, that's the sort of serious side. The, the, the other side is just, you know. Lots of fun. 
love love music. You know what I mean? Just love uh, listening to music, and uh, and I think it, it does the uh, the world of good for a lot of people. So. Yeah, definitely. How did you get into music? I enjoyed performing. That's what I enjoyed, and and I loved listening to Motown soul music. I suppose it was my my mum used to blast out music when I was a kid. Like it was always loud in my house. Yeah. So she did. She played like UB40 and. I don't know, Mariah Carey and all the divas and stuff like that, you know, pl- blasted them to the top. Um, it, it, and so we constantly had music and, and I loved it. I loved listening to it all. And and uh, and I also loved singing and uh, going into sort of like talent competitions that were just local to us just because uh, yeah, I enjoyed hearing the sound of my own voice. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I enjoyed singing. I always enjoyed singing. I mean, I I, I always wanted to be in a band and... It sounds like you had a really, really fun childhood. I mean, what else do you remember about it? What, what was your dad like? My dad, uh, very sporty, loves his sport. He trialled for Millwall. He'll tell you that every day, back in the day. Not, not sure how much I'd be proud of that, but uh, no, no, no. He's, <laughs> he, he was, he was a good footballer. He was um, brilliant at table tennis. He was in a league for table tennis and a league for cricket. He's in a league for lots of things and uh, I love sport and I'm quite competitive. He's very competitive and doesn't like to lose. Whereas I don't care if I lose. I just want to make sure I do the best with it. And I love the competitiveness of it. I love competitive sports. Yeah. Is it right that he was a diamond cutter? Uh, yeah, that's right. A diamond polisher. Yeah, he, um, he worked in Hatton Garden for many years, retired now. Did you ever like see his, him working or see, or did he ever explain the, what he did at work? Oh yeah, yeah. I'd go into his workshop. Sometimes I'd help him. Like he'd he'd have this big skive. What's what's a skive? A skive. A skive is like a spinning spinning wheel. You put diamond dust in it or coal, and yeah. then you've got this like claw that holds the the, the diamond. And it's a very skillful, delicate job, um, and it involves a bunsen burner. <laughs> we used to see that all the time. And, Sometimes, many times actually, I've gone and helped him find diamonds that have just spun off the sky because it can happen. So what? So what you're saying, like as a child, like 10 years old, he's like lost the diamond off the sky and he's like, Andy boy, come over and see if you can. (laughs) (laughs) Go on, boy. You're 10 years old now. It's time to find those diamonds. Yeah, it was slightly older. I'd be in London or something and say, son. I can't come and meet you because I've lost this £200,000 diamond. You're like, okay, I'll come and find it. You know, it'll help you. And I, and I would actually, sometimes I did find a couple of diamonds. They weren't £200,000, but very skillful. Yeah, very skillful. And he did that for 35 years. Okay, that's cool. That's a really interesting and cool job. He, he's brilliant, actually. He's done most of my mates' sort of like engagement rings and, and stuff like that. And he really sorts them out and he has done in the past. And, and uh, yeah, no, he's brilliant. Has the way your dad was with you sculpted the way you're going to be with Ruby? Yes, but mainly because of what I wouldn't do. <laughs> what, no, that's, that's exactly what I'm getting at. Sometimes I find myself talking to Ruby, how my dad and how my mum yeah. have spoken, even like the sound. So Ruby, you know, I even sound like my dad sometimes. But lots of things like my dad was an old school dad. He went off to work. He didn't change nappies. He didn't do any of that. Do you know what I mean? He, he, was, he was of that era of... Um, my mum done everything. She was a, a, a stay-at-home mum. She she was like, she cooked, she cleaned. That was her role. She enjoyed it. Uh, I'm sure she would have wanted to escape many, many times, but she 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 loved it. And she was, that was, they worked well on that basis. But he was good. He's a good dad. 
My dad was at work from, you know, eight, he was out of the house by 7.30 and wouldn't come back home till, you know, 7, 8 o'clock just before we're going to bed and stuff like that. So, you know, he was fully working to, to provide everything for us and all of that. Absolutely. And I think that has made me want to be more hands-on with, with my children. Well, it, absolutely, mate. I think um, it was very different. Morals were very different. Society was very different. You know, technology was very different. Situations were very different. My dad, like your dad, he worked all day. He came back. He, he didn't, he wasn't in that headspace to sort of sit there and play or anything like that. Uh, but he would do bedtime. And um, and I, I remember that quite clearly as well. And my mum would basically, it would be my mum that would sort of look after us really most of the time. Yeah. But yeah, I would I would definitely say we're in those situations as well. There's a lot more knowledge out there. There's a lot more, there's a much more of a change of heart and spirit and, you know, of how we bring our kids up and what's good for their development and what's not. And, and so for us, there's a responsibility there now. So I'm going to help my partner out as much as possible because it makes for a much happier life and a much better place for development for Ruby or, or, or your kids. Yeah, there's lots and lots of resources for mummies. Uh, and mums, which is great. Absolutely fantastic. I think there are less for fathers and dads, which is kind of how Dad Ventures came about. Right. Uh, and it's about providing more information and support so that we can be the dads we really want to be. What do you use? Or is it just talking to friends? Is it just talking to cat? What, what's out there for you? I'm not much of a sit there and look things up type of person and Kat is and that's really I've learned a lot from Kat. Do you think it's important that guys talk to each other about being dads? Yeah definitely. I think people will always talk to people there that they can relate to. You can't get the information that you really want to talk about from anyone better than another dad who's going through very similar things yeah. probably uh, and from a male perspective um, so yeah no definitely I think it really does help to to have conversations about it and to know that you're not going mad you think well I do that is that you know should I be doing that and you talk to your mate and he goes oh I do that go, oh yes I do that all the time suddenly that release that weight comes off your shoulder and you're like right I'm not a bad dad yeah that's it that's it exactly one example of that is uh, we started our dad chats on a Friday night. So on a Friday night, I jump onto Instagram and between 20 and 30 dads will jump on and we'll have an Instagram live chat where we like talk about a couple of subjects uh, that are close to parents' hearts, whether it be um, mental health, whether it be kids starting nursery or school. And, and we really learn from each other and share ex experiences. And it's something that was never out there when I was uh, a child, and you know, for, for dads and parents. But I find it really rewarding and really helpful. And so do the dads that are involved in it. Mm. I think responsibility um, is, a, is a massive thing uh, with fathers. I think it's very easy for men to be irresponsible and not grow up and not pull their socks up and actually, you know, take that task to hand and just go, oh, okay, well, you know, our partners will do it. Yeah, no, I think you raise a really, really good point. Uh, and, and I think it's changing. I think there are people out there like yourself, like me, who do want to take responsibility, who do want to be hands-on fathers, who do want to get involved, who, who want to learn. Hmm. And I think you are a great role model for that. Just here talking about what you do and what you want to bring to the table. Hopefully that'll inspire more people out there to, to do that. I think... 
if you don't take responsibility, I think the chain effect can be massive. So as a father, to realize the responsibility is really important because you know the effect can be so damaging. Uh, and they say, you know, parents mess up their kids. It's inevitable. We're going to be teaching them things that aren't probably the best for them or yeah. dealing with situations not in the best way for them to either go, oh, that wasn't very good or, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that when I'm old. And it's built within them. It's such an effect. You know what I mean? They're sponges. So it's easier for a bloke to go, right, oh, Carol, I'll let you do it all and I'm going to go down the pub because I'm the man and I'm going to go and yeah. go to work and then, uh, sort of come back. And that's fine. If you are going to work and there's a balance, you, you, you work together with your, your partner and you work it out to the best way that you can. Yeah, definitely. But like you say, the world is changing. We were in a different place and, and hopefully we're going to be moving forwards and we're going to have uh, dads yeah. who really put in the time. Absolutely. Um, I want to take it back to when you were a child and the toys you used to play with. I liked things like robots that could move if you put the money in um or i had a big truck to do you remember to toby toby big truck whatever you put dial in the numbers and it would go i love that and uh scalectrics i used to play with stuff like that scalectrics that was really that was big time that was yeah that was that was amazing i absolutely loved it that's all i can remember really i wasn't a massive computer game nerd uh, I, I my brother was really into you know sort of consoles and stuff and i sort of joined in but i wasn't board games board games i loved i loved sitting down with family and playing board games yeah loved stuff i mean me and cat do that now play yahtzee quite a lot and rummy cub Connecting with your kids is at the heart of what dad ventures is about which is why we are so happy to have connects as our sponsor Connects and Kid Connects have projects for all the family and they are the perfect activity for kids and adults to connect naturally through play, imagination and creativity. Let's come full circle to the kind of things Ruby plays with now. All right, so she likes little figurines. She's got such an imagination. Like she's got her dolls' houses and they've all been sort of passed down through generations, these little dolls' houses and Sylvanian family or whatever and and she's got little things that she can just go, oh, what do you mean? And she does the voices because daddy does, is always putting on voices and so does mummy. Voices, yeah, of course. <laughs> and she loves like, um, she's, we've got this little sock puppet that, um, do you know Neil Sterenberg? No. He's a pup, fantastic puppeteer. And uh, he makes, he, he made like Hacker and Dodge and he, he made, he makes a little. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, you okay. know, you're, you're I've heard of, heard of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have heard of him. He's, he's such a lovely bloke, and, and we're good mates. And he he puppeteered Kip the cat for Andy's Wild Adventures a long time ago. Ah, okay. And she he gave me one of his first puppets. It was a little worm, and I basically do a little voice for that for Ruby and a monkey. As it's got a monkey and a worm, and she loves it. And when we wanted to get her to do things, that monkey and worm comes out. Ah, nice. Yeah. Now, what about um, Andy and Ruby time? Uh, yeah, it's mainly sort of the, the park. We've got a local park, which is brilliant, and we can just go and play, and she just, you know, she loves yeah. it. Yeah. And, uh, and sort of sitting down together. If I've got her in the morning, uh, we take it in turns, me and Kat, um, if I'm not working uh, to uh, get up with Rubes. Yeah. And it's usually that we'll come down and play whatever with the doll's house, with Play-Doh, doing art, yeah. you know, make her breakfast. And then, and then that's sort of, uh, we get a nice little bit of time there. And good, good. As much as we can, really. What do you remember about the days leading up to Ruby being born, her birth... And the few days that followed when you finally brought her home. We call it birthday zero here on Dad Vengers. Right. 
Brace yourselves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's not that um, painful. It's all good. Um, basically, uh, we, we did... Uh, do you know what hypnobirthing is? Yes, I do know what hypnobirthing is. Yeah. So we um, we were well into hypnobirthing. Yeah. Uh, it was great for Kat. And what was great about hypnobirthing is actually, for the dad, it gives them a role, a job. Yeah. Uh, which is quite... You know, it's basically doing whatever you can to make Kat feel comfortable. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the most the most painful part about it for me personally, uh, and I could never even say the word painful for me in front of Kat because you know what she <laughs> had to go through is completely different. Yeah, um, got no reference of pain. Yeah, exactly. So with hypnobirthing, basically, I was making this sort of meditation tape that's a, gu- a guided sort of meditation for Kat to hear my voice constantly, so she can get into a state of comfort. Okay. Um, when she's in on the day when she's giving birth and yeah. stuff, and so it can completely relax her. So we so we went down that line, and 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 it was it was cringy for me to hear my voice sort of blasting out. Um, you are amazing. <laughs> you could do you know what I mean, and, and I do it in that way as well uh, for for cats to sort of relax during the birth. Uh, in you didn't this, drop in any odd socks tunes. <laughs> no, I should have, should I? Oh, no. always thinking. Come on now. Yeah. Um, if you feel like a freak or a geek, can you weaken? No, no, no. Uh, and so, so that was really quite difficult on the actual day. It was we had a water birth, and it, and, yeah, and it was you know serene. It was lovely. Cat was amazing. So it all went to plan then. Your plan, hypnobirth, water birth, all went all went the way that you thought it was going to go. Because some people have some different stories. I know, mate. Well, I know. I've, we're very, very lucky, and uh, count our blessings for it. Because yeah, it all went to plan. I mean, on the the build up to it was quite funny. Um, so she was in labour from about like nine o'clock uh, the night before up until like three. And when I say labour, I mean before she was like however many centimetres it is, dilated. And uh, so so I was like, right, okay, uh, as a dad, right, okay, so I've got to do this, checklist, make sure I do this, everything, okay, if you're breathing, you're brilliant, you're relax, relax, you know, doing all the supportive things that are meant to be doing and thinking, don't get this wrong. You know, just wanted to help Kat as, as, as much as possible. Much as possible. Yeah, got, got her into the van, because uh, I've got a little camper van, got her into the van. I was like, right, okay, we're ready. Where's the keys? The keys? Locked my the, the door was locked. No, no, the keys. Where's the keys? She's like, oh, I just find the keys. Um, and I was like, okay, don't worry, I'm gonna find the keys, it's okay. And of course, I was thinking, well, how did you lost the keys to the camper van? This is the thing, yes, the camper van. I, I, lo- I thought in my head I'd lost the keys, but of course, I'd opened the van for her to get in it. I knew I hadn't, well, I didn't know in that moment. I just thought I had. I left them on the car seat. I left them on the seat. I was just, you know, in that zone wanting to... One of those, yeah, moments. One of those moments. One of those moments where where you've, you've checked in and then suddenly you go, oh, where's my passport? Where's my passport? Well, I've lost my passport. I left it at home. But you haven't. It's all there. Take it's a breath. Good. Take a step back. It's all good. Um, got to the hospital. And then I was like, right, okay, if anyone, I'm going to detract everyone from cat. I'm going to just get her in the zone. She just wants to get in the zone. It's like, right, okay, you okay? Midwife comes in. She said, right, she goes, okay. Hang on a minute. I know you. Oh, you're Andy. Oh, my kids love it. And I'm thinking, this is really lovely, but... Not now. I, 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 this is my, my job now. It's just, just comfort. This is not to talk about... This is not about... 
me being on kids TV, Jeremy, this is this is please, and I'm trying to be as polite as possible. Yeah, you're oh, brilliant. Oh, maybe have a photo a bit later and everything. Like, you okay, Kat? Everything all right? So I was like, this is me, I was just thinking, I just want to do the best job that I can. Um, and so and she was so lovely, but she was still talking at me. She was still every now and then when she was and she sort of quietened down and then every now and then she was like, ask questions. How long have you been doing kids TV? And Kat was like, I was just feeding her ice bottles to cool her down, uh, food if she if she needed it, and listening to the horrible uh, guided meditation that I'd made for her over and over again. It was pain- it was really painful. Have you still got that guided meditation tape? Well, I was getting rid of some, I was getting rid of some style. I thought it had gone. I was hoping it had. Uh, but if we do have another one, I'd probably have to bring it back because I don't want to record another one. Because I tell you one, I tell you one situation, Nigel. Yeah. So I know I'm rambling on it, but I will tell you one situation. No, no, please, I want to hear it. I want to uh, hear it. One situation was I was recording one night. I was recording the meditation. I was she was next to me in bed, and I was going, "Okay, this is happening, and that's happening." Guided meditation that you read out. That's for her to keep because I was away a lot, so she could just keep listening to it. One twenty-minute take. One take. One one twenty-minute take. One twenty-minute take. I got to 18 minutes, 18 minutes, almost finished it. And I screwed it up. I mucked it up. I made a mistake. And I didn't just like carry on. I started laughing. I started laughing because I was like, no. And I started laughing. And so she's going, what are you doing? Like, so I was going, I'm sorry. I'm just laughing. I mucked it up. I can't do it again. So literally I, had to, I, I didn't do it again that night. I just had to do it again elsewhere. Oh my goodness. 20 minutes of me going, now remember, you are, um, you know, I can't remember what it was. Oh, dude, one of those moments, one of those moments where you're like, you almost got there, you almost crossed the finish line and then... And then that was it. Mistakes were made. Oh. So, birth was all right. Great. Ruby arrives. Yeah. Oh, and I completely forgot, sorry, I actually delivered her. Oh my God. So I caught her when she came out and said, I was, which is what you request if you hypnobirth and you put it on your, your form and say, oh yeah, I'd like to deliver type thing. And, and she said, well, go on, go on. She was an old, very experienced Bristolian, lovely woman. And she was going, oh my love, all right then, my darling. Go on then, all you have to do. She goes, go on, she's coming, oh, she's coming. She's coming, go on, go on. Catch her, catch her, go on, put your hands in, get ready. There we go. You're gonna get. You're gonna deliver. Oh my darling, you're gonna deliver. That's just so lovely. That must have been amazing. Oh, it was amazing, mate. Yeah, it was amazing. So, and of course, you're nervous about that as well. What if I drop her? Oh my god, I'm gonna drop her. This is this is no. I can't get this wrong. So, I was, but then of course I knew how good I was at catching anyway. So I was all right. Because <laughs> um, dad, your dad sorted that out when he got you to play cricket. You're you're sorted. You can catch. I was ball. sorted. So I I caught I, I caught Rubes anyway and I cut the cord and stuff like that. And yeah, that was great. It all went to plan. You know, we were very lucky and it was a magical experience. You know, one I'll never forget. She put on me the the moment she got out of the water. Of course. And the Maconi. Is it called the Maconi? Yeah, yeah. That sort of black tar. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that, yeah. That babies have the first time round. Yeah, that's it. And and because part of hypnobirthing for the, the black toe, the Maconi, you put it into a drink immediately. You swirl it around. You actually knock it back because it's good for you. You got me on. You have me on right now. <laughs> <laughs> for about half a second. They call it a Maconi cocktail. It's brilliant. Right? Brilliant. 
for about half a second. I was like, wait, hold on. Did he, what's this hypnobirthing that he did? (laughs) (laughs) So then eventually they came home. The house is quiet. It's you, it's Kat, it's Ruby. And you realise I'm responsible now. Yeah. Yeah. I did, but but before all that, I didn't believe it. I literally, I didn't believe it. Obviously I knew Ruby was coming, but I didn't, I didn't feel it. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't feel it. Even though I'd gone into proper dad mode and started to do DIY, which I'm useless at. And, uh, but, you know, I don't know if you did the same, but I was like in full on, I'm going to get the house ready. I'm going to make sure everything's good. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to look after Kat and make sure she's good so she can look after, you know, look after Bubs. She's not going anywhere. This is staying with us now. This is it. This this is it. Yeah. And that's that's when it definitely uh, hits home. Yeah, it's, it's a lovely moment. I'm I'm so happy for you guys that you had such a great experience. Yeah. What what was yours like then with the kids? Mine was my I was lucky as well. Um my mum's a midwife. Oh. So my mum delivered both my kids. Oh no way. Oh that's lovely. So yeah, so you were there catching yours and I was standing next to my mum who was like, Don't you worry about this, Nigel. I've got <laughs> I've got this, mate. <laughs> yeah, cheers, mum. <laughs> but yeah, they both both came pretty quickly. Uh, we didn't have any need for epidurals or anything. We got really lucky. The same as you, just a, an incredible experience that you always remember. Yeah, yeah, it's just brilliant. Uh, we've had a little chat with Kat and she's given us a few questions to test your, your Ruby knowledge a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, go on then. Okay, so first up, nice and easy. You kind of answered this before, but let's just check. What does Ruby think mummy and daddy do for work? What would okay. Ruby say? Ruby would say, um, daddy does dinosaurs and mummy does photos. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that, was, that was basically as a result of us doing, um, she knew that our yeah. room was set up with a dinosaur table, a camera and stuff like that. So in her head then, from then on, it was mummy does photos because she was taking photos and, and recording and uh, and daddy does dinosaurs. Uh, it mainly came from that, actually. Right, right. Oh, cool. That's that's a nice little story. Um, okay, got another one. Go on. When and where was her first festival? Oh. Oh. Was it? Was it? Um, <laughs> Geronimo. Yes, it was. Yeah. And, it, and it was Geronimo festival. Yeah. Oh, I, knew, I, I thought it might have been Glastonbury. Well, we've got, we've got Geronimo at three weeks old, which is like immense. Yeah. And you, you were performing with the band. Yeah. And then we've also got an answer of, you also did Glastonbury at one. Yes, that's it, yeah. So she was one when we, we took her to Glastonbury, yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's legendary. To be hitting your first festival at three weeks old. Yeah. She fell asleep to Stormzy in Glastonbury. Which was, I was disappointed with. Wait, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Rewind. Back it up. Back it up. I know, mate. I know. Wait. Me and Kat never. Me and Kat were wide awake, but she fell asleep to Stormzy. I was like, how can you fall asleep to this? You were there for the old Stormzy set at Glastonbury. Yeah, yeah. It was brilliant. Magic. I can imagine. That must have been immense. I appreciate anyone that gets on that stage and gives it that all yeah. because then you feel like, you're doing this for the audience. And, and that's exactly what Stormzy did. Yeah. And, uh, and it was brilliant. 
For Ruby, though, she fell asleep. That's because she's into something else, which brings me on to our next question. Oh, go on then. Uh, aside from Andy and the band, what music does Ruby like to listen to? <laughs> Bob Marley. She's a massive Bob Marley fan. Ding! There we go. Correct answer, yes. What does Ruby find hysterical that you love to do for a giggle, but really, you probably shouldn't be doing? Well, it's got to be farting. Is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even if I'm not actually farting, I'm making a fart noise because I know it makes a laugh. Keep doing, keep doing it, mate. It. Keep doing it. Get it on film. See, you know, we were talking about what, you know, what, what it's like for there should be more information for dads out there. Yeah. That would be my little gem of uh, information. Yeah. Find those things, no matter what they are, to make your little kid laugh. That's awesome, dude. That's a nice little gem to take home. Okay. Any more? Last one from Kat. Go on. Um, what happened when Kat recently asked you to watch Ruby while she made her lunch before <laughs> nap time? You see, you've already got this one. Uh, and you were told to make sure she didn't fall asleep on the sofa. Yeah. So Kat was like, I'd been with her all morning. Like, it's really important. We've got her into a good, really good sleeping cycle. And she's great. She still has her naps in the afternoon. Yeah. She's got to be down really no later than one. Otherwise, she's overtired and she is, you know, she's just like wired. And then it just ruins all the sleep. Yeah. Pattern. So messes it all up. So my only job that morning, I was, I was working. I was doing some admin and stuff like that. So I wasn't with them and they came back. And yeah, my only job really, with rooms, was, right, Andy, I'm going to go make her lunch. She can't fall asleep. So just sit here watching Highway Rap with her. Make sure she doesn't fall asleep. Yeah, of course, of course. I went, you know, she'd be fine. Make sure. Yeah, of course, of course. So I sat there and I was thinking, I don't think I've seen Highway Rap the whole way through. And I was like, <laughs> and then Kat came in. She went, everyone went, yeah, everything's fine. She went, what are you doing? Ruby's asleep. I went, oh, no, no, Ruby, Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> oh classic we've all been there though we've all been, had those daddy moments where you know we get given a responsibility and get engrossed in something you you were researching what she was watching and, and what she was into and making sure it was well, quality this is content. exactly what i told cat this is exactly what i told cat i said i was working you don't realize it i was working researching to be a better father and here you come in. Having to go at me. No, yeah. that was lovely. You got all of your cat questions correct, mate. So well done. Brilliant. So we're wrapping things up and I want to know what would be your advice to a soon-to-be dad? I think um, it would be be patient and supportive to your partner. What they're going through is like immense. Yeah. And, uh, and there's not re really much understanding of that, I think, from a, a male perspective. Um, uh, of course there's not you know there's so much going on yeah but it's just you know just be there be there be present be there and deal with it that's what I would say yeah totally that's awesome mate last question before you go and it is if you could have a dad superpower what would it be it would be a dad superpower it would be to be in three different places at once that would be a dream because I could always I could always be with Ruby I could always be doing my work and I could always be out with my mates. It would be an absolute dream. Three Andes. Aren't there three Andes anyway? I mean, I saw one on Dinosaur Adventures. <laughs> I saw one uh, doing a, a prehistoric bit and then I think I saw one doing a, a, a dino toy box. So who knows? Maybe there yeah, are three Andes. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> oh, buddy. Andy, you're an absolute legend. 
I've waffled on so bloody much. I've got to a point. I started thinking, oh my God, I'm bloody knackered. I'm talking, talking no, listen, so bloody much. I can't thank you enough. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. This is, uh, it's been, a, it's always good to talk, to talk dad. No, thank you. Have a lovely evening and we'll see you soon. Cheers, mate. Take care. What an absolute pleasure it was to have Andy Day on as our first guest. I still can't believe he delivered his own baby and that he refrained from dropping an odd sock song into his hypnotape. Joking aside though, I do think that anything you can do to make your children laugh is a brilliant piece of advice and I'll definitely be checking out the Anti-Bullying Alliance and all the great work Andy and his band are doing in support of that. If you want to know more about our Dadvengers community or if you have anything you'd like to share with us, you can do so at dadvengers.com or contact us through our Instagram or Facebook channels. Thanks for listening. This has been the Dadvengers podcast sponsored by Connects encouraging kids of all ages to think outside the blocks. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.